Okay, fine, so we're starting. Just before we start, I fell out. <laughs> before we start, just to give you a perspective of this period of the year and why you have to be very strong now. Huh? Yeah. First of all, first of all, how the Parsha works is there's seven aliyahs. Why the seven aliyahs? They correspond to the seven days of the week, which means every day of the week has a remez in that aliyah of the parasha. So for example, Shlach, Sunday is Rishon, Monday, Shani, Tuesday, Shlishi, and if you... What? The week before. So this week, Shlach, for example. The combination is to get to the Shabbos parashat Shlach. So starting from the Sunday before of the week of Hayom Yom Rishon Shabbat Kodesh, right? We're saying it in the Shabbat, so it's the week before. You, if a person has the right eyes and the prescription spiritually, he can see Ramazim of that day and, the, and that Aliyah of the Parsha. Unbelievable. Okay. So based on that, uh, if you take a look every year from Parshat Bahalotcha from Shishi until Ben Amitzarim, it's a rough ride. Already you see from Bahalotcha, strife, machloket, problems. Last week's Parsha from Shishi, the Asaf Suf, and there was a burning and they were complaining, and they died with the Slav, and then Miriam speaking Loshonara, this week's Parsha, the Miraglim, okay, coming up, you're going to have Chukat, the death of Miriam, the death of Aaron, and Yidin, who backed up, and Levi had to, to get them and fight them, and they died also, there was a battle between the tribe of Shevet Levi and the Yidin who, who fled, okay? Uh, and then we have Balak, where 24,000 were killed in the, in the, Eitzah, the end of the Parsha, the end of Parsha Balak, okay? So it's a rough trip, also, Kafsivan, which was yesterday, always falls normally after Balotcha. Already after the Aliyah of Shishi Shvi'i, you have in that time span Parshat Balotcha normally, uh, Kafsivan. What's Kafsivan, by the way? Kafsivan is a, uh, in most communities they have a fast day, most communities, but back then at least, there were, it was a fast day, it used to be a fast day, and a special Slichot that they even in Brest of today they say them, to commemorate. The death of over 100,000 Yirin in Tachvetat. Tachvetat was 1648, 1649. That was the Khmelnytsky massacres. They said that if they had the weapons of Hitler, they would have killed much more than 100,000 Yirin. They, were, they, were, they would have had to kill the millions. But they only had swords and arrows, so they had to hand by hand to kill Yirin. 100,000 to kill a, to hand by hand, that's a lot. You know, hand to hand combat, and to, that's a lot of Yirin that were killed. So um, that also falls in this period. Kaf Sivan, by the way, just to say, the Aptor Ravi speaks very high about Kaf Sivan. He says, in the, it's hinted in a pasuk about Amalek, Ki yad al kes ya, l'ashem ba'amalek, midor dor, right? Hashem's hand is sworn on his chair, she'en kiso shalem ve'en shmo shalem, until mechemet Amalek takes place. So it's kes instead of kiseh, and ka instead of yud kevavke. It's half. Hashem's name is half, and his kisses is missing Aleph because of Amalek. So Abderav writes, Kes is Kaf Sivan, and Ka is Yom Kippurim. And he says that, I still didn't look inside the details exactly, but there is a big connection between Yom Kippur coming up and Kaf Sivan. According to how the Kaf Sivan is, that's how the Yom Kippur will be also, something like that, okay? Rav Nosen goes into Kaf Sivan, which was yesterday again, and he says that all the, there were hints in the Zohar, and the tzaddikim of that generation felt it necessary to make it known that Mashiach could come that year, in the year Tach. 
okay? In that year. So the so there were hints to in the Zohar that in the year 1648 Mashiach would come. And many Sfarim, many Rabbanim were talking about it. But as you know, Rabbeinu, who came later on, but not just Rabbeinu, many other tzaddik, even the Gemara and the Zohar, says don't make calculations. You ruin it. You ruin it. If you make a calculation, this Rabbeinu says in Chaim Moran. If you make a calculation, Rabbeinu's lifetime, there were about three or four calculations that Rabbanim were saying Mashiach can come. 1810 was one year, okay? The year that Rabbeinu passed away, last, passed away one year before he passed away. Tafkuf Ayin, okay? And there was another few. Rav Nossin's lifetime, the big one was Tafresh, 1840. And they found Ramazim in the Zohar and on, based on Sefer Daniel, because Sefer Daniel has all these, these dates and everything, okay? So they, they said, here's a proof, Mashiach's going to come. Rabbeinu says, you ruin it. If you, Chachamim, make a calculation, Mashiach will no longer come in that year. He may come before or after, but you lost it. You ruined it. You ruined it for Am Yisrael. You know? Even like in Brestle, they say, if you reached on the night of Pesach, you reached Maror, and Mashiach didn't come yet, so just be prepared that until Tisha B'Av, nothing will happen. <laughs> Rabbeinu says that. It's a sikha, it's an oral sikha in Siyach Safi Kodesh, that if you, reach the, if you reach the stage of Maror, Mashiach didn't come yet, so you'll be also uh, sitting on the floor in Tisha B'Av that year. So we have, we have to Tisha B'Av to make amends. Bitaach uh, and exactly. So in Be'ita, uh, you've, 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 or in Be'ita, you, you have it, but Achishena, you've lost it. Achishena is, is no longer, and Be'ita will take place. You see, there's two things for Mashiach. There is, in is the right time, or it can be sped up. In neither of them, you know what? You know, you, don't, you have no, no dates for any of them. But or, it can be sped up, that can happen any time, or it can be at the, at, the, at the right time that's supposed to happen. So with the... The right Yana, time isn't in between... What? Meaning the right time isn't between Maror and... Exactly. Now you see, you're saying it clearly. Very good. Chazak. But going back to what uh, Kafsivan, so many Yidin, many Yidin <coughs> thought in 1648, Mashiach would come. Rav Nosen writes in the Kutel Achot, not, not only did he not come, but there was a terrible pogrom, which killed 100,000 Yidin. Oh, before, before the Tach. What? Yeah, before Tach, the Yidin thought he was going to come in that year, in the year 1648. So Rav Nosen writes, not only did he not come in the year 1648, Tach, no, but it caused, because Rav that Mashiach was supposed to come, yes. But by making anticipation and calculations, because Mashiach is supposed to come unexpectedly, by doing that, you ruin it. So now Rav Nosen writes, so there's a gap now. Mashiach was supposed to come, yes. He was supposed to come in 1648. You lost that gap, so, and, and, and uh, if Mashiach would have come, there would have been a major Kiddush Hashem in the world. So Rav Nosen writes, so the Kiddush Hashem has to come in a different format, and that's in the format of spilling Jewish blood, that Yidin are killed on, on Kiddush Hashem, okay? So this is this exchange. That's why it's very bad and dangerous not to make calculations. In, my, in our lifetime also, they said the year 2000, Mashiach was supposed to come. I remember back then, 2000, right? They, had, they brought a remez from the Chida's grandfather, Chesed Avraham, that it was a calculation, a gematria of, of the Arbaim Se'ah, of the Mikveh, something like that, connected to the Hebrew year, Tavshin Samech. So we know what happened after Tavshin Samech. There was 9-11, all these Balaganim, all of a sudden, you know, Piguim and Intifada went crazy and everything. Don't make cheshbonot. Don't make cheshbonot. It's supposed to come unexpectedly like that. Suddenly, right? Okay? So, going back, Kav Sivan, which is when the date it started, takes place in this period between Baalotcha and Bein HaMitzarim. All the parshas are rough, which means you have to hold on the roller coaster. It's a roller coaster, right? You have to hold on more. During the year, 
there's not so much pressure as much. There was always pressure, but not as much. This this period, major pressure. If it's in Parnassa issues, Shalom Bayit issues, health issues, Midot issues, feeling down about yourself issues, <laughs> all these issues. There's there are more in this period, and for that a person has to be super strong. What is the bottom line punchline of all the parshot to hold on? I believe in Moshe Rabbeinu because all the problems in the parashot are there, there's a, a lack of emun in Moshe Rabbeinu last week's parasha, right? Miriam, she spoke Lashon Ara, right? The Asaf Suf about the mana Moshe Rabbeinu himself was punished in a way for saying, you know, you can give them slav they're not gonna they were, they were, they were, he said himself, I can't, I can't handle this on my own so Hashem gave him the Shivim Zekinim El Dadumedad, etc. Okay, coming up we're gonna see Shlach, this week's parasha the Miraglim <laughs> was for the one at the stone Moshe Rabbeinu and Balak, the Zimri, he takes the the Midianite in front of him. Is this she permissible or forbidden? Cosby, if she's forbidden, then who let you marry Tzipora, right? Again, to attack Moshe Rabbeinu the whole time, okay? What's the solution? I'm with Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm on that camp. I'm on that side. Korach, oh, oh Korach is the big one next week, right? Korach is the big one that's beat Balak. He got, he almost convinced everyone. There's a story with the Ismach Moshe of Teitelbaum, Teitelbaum of uh, the Sadmer, that he said he had a revelation of his Gilgul, and he was at the time of the famous story. People know the story that he he saw that he was there, and they asked him, "On which camp were you?" He said, "I was on the, luckily on the camp to be on the side of Moshe Rabbeinu, but I was by a hair's breadth to to leave because Korach and his Eda were so convincing, so convincing to go against Moshe Rabbeinu. It was like a hair's a hair's, a hair's line." You can easily just kechutas Sahara, You're already on the other side against Moshe Rabbeinu. It was really that bad. The Yismach Moshe said, right? Our hope. I'm with the tzaddik, and the test is. But look at you. You're not getting anywhere anyway. How so do they know? what? How are they able to know Moshe and not Korah? And that that, that, that Rav Nosson writes. He says only through a lot of tefillah can you know. Can you come to the real truth? It's so tricky. He says Rav Nosson and the Kuta Alachot, the real tzaddik and the false leader. You don't see any difference at all. Outwardly, they both have big strimals, nice payas, nice beard. He can even do pigeonot and miracles, and people tell stories of endless miracles. But that's not a proof. That's not a proof. He can be receiving everything from the Tuma. He can be everything from the Tuma. You don't know. Do you know? Oh, he did a miracle? The, the Torah says you can have someone who does a miracle and they say, okay, now let's do Avodah Zarah. Right? In the Parsha and Sefer Dvarim. A Navi Sheker, he says, okay, this is going to happen, and it happened. He says, okay, now let's do Avodah Zarah. <laughs> what are you going to do? So how come Hashem let it happen? Hashem says, I let it happen for the sake of free will. So what do you want from me? A simple year. How do you want me now to discern between Emmet and Sheker? So the only davening, Rav Nosson says, you got to do a lot of davening to come close to Tzadikim Amitiim. If you're sincere, you will come to the right address, Bezat Hashem. That's Rav Nosson's advice. But this period is a trick, is hard, with tests to make you have doubts about yourself, to have doubts and everything. So now we're going back to our lesson. Rav Nosen calls all these doubts. Till when? Until, until when is it strong? Believe it or not, until Bein HaMetzarim. Because the partial of the Bein HaMetzarim... From, from, from Baal from this week. Not after Shavuos. According to the Zohar, the year is broken up into three categories of months. You have three groups of four months in the year, okay? You have four months of Chesed, four months of Din, four months of Rachamim. The four months of Chesed are Adar, Nisan, Iyar, Sivan. We're still in the month of Chesed, that means. Okay? The months of Rachamim, which is in between, a compassion, is Elul, Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev. And the months of Din, 
Baruch Hashem, thank God, are spread out into two groups because we, we would never handle four consecutive months of deen. We, we finished, okay? And even these two months of deen, there's a lot of chesed inside of them. You'll see. The, the months of deen are Tevet and Shvat. So luckily, the beginning of Tevet is still Hanukkah, so there's still a light, okay? And Shvat, you have already Tubi Shvat, which is the big, is 30 days before already Purim, so there's already a light, Hitnot Sitzut, of Rosh Hashanah, Linanot. So it's not a full month in both cases. Then you have Tammuz and Av. Tammuz, okay, it's tricky, it's a difficult time. Uh, we have some good days of the Hilul Aldo Rahaim Kadosh, which is a good one. Yeah, but Ben Mitzarim, like the Magid always says, it's a time to really be able to come close to Hashem. You're, you can be squeezed, but you have the upper hand that it's, a, it's, an opportuni- it's an opportune time that pushes you towards Hashem if you really want to. It's all like negative. Does the month of Din affect the guy, guy that was born, like a Shvat, for instance? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Yeah, yeah, it could be. They have all these things. You know, they do Shiduchim, they say when he's born and when she's born. They look at the city, they say when he's born, and when she's born, it's not my team. He's my he's chesed, he's machamim, he's din, and that. They do these funny things, right? <laughs> they do these funny things. So, once again, Av, you have two Be'av, which is a happy time already, right? Lo ayu yamim tovim lam Yisrael kamo two Be'av. So, in month of Av, which is a... Like you said, all the chiva, all the amount of chiva. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. So, those are four months of din. What? And now here, we're at the end of Sivan, but it's already going towards uh, Tammuz, even though we're still in Matav Chesed, things are beginning to look a bit, uh, the, the car's not working well. The, the, gas is not, the, the gas is not turning on well, you know, the, <laughs> the motor's not running well, but things are not working out, okay? It's starting already. So, Rav Nosen, going now, now we connect this to our Torah. And to, to remember why we're in this Torah, by the way, why we're learning this Kabbalistic, it's, you can see a lot of Kabbalah here, it's flipping out. I had to do research, research, in the book Inner Space, where I happen to understand this lesson. There's a lot of Kabbalah here. We're going to bring it down. Practical Bezat Hashem. But all this, because Rav Nosen calls everything we're going through, all the upside down things, that's called Hechalat Murut. The exchange chambers. So on the Pshat level, the exchange. That Sheker is transformed to Emet. Tmiris. Tmiris. Yeah, I have to say like that. Tmiris. What? No, Tmura means Lehamir. Like we said, a money exchange, hamarat matbeah, when you go to change money in Hebrew, they write hamara. We're going to go into that, right? But yeah, yeah, now, I'm now connecting everything we spoke about now to the lesson. Hechalat murot is everything going wrong in life. Everything upside down. You're waiting furious to have a kid, you can't have a kid. The shalom bite issues, again, parnas issues, health issues. Avodat Hashem, learning is not working out, and the midot, and the gishmak you once felt in that, but you don't feel it again, and you don't know if you're ever going to get there again, and all these crazy things popping up in life. Rav Nassim puts everything in one word, hechalat murut. Everything's exchanged. The shadim do this. The shadim switch good to bad. Sheker with emet, a sheker with emet, right? Light with darkness. Everything is switched. How to get out? This is the whole advice of this Torah. The way to get out of hechalat murut is only simcha. But which simcha? Simcha and doing a mitzvah. When a mitzvah comes along, if instead of having the worried attitude and taking the worried attitude into the mitzvah, because you're so worried anyways all day long, and now you continue worrying and you're davening and continue having stress and, oh my God, and everything you're doing, so you didn't get anywhere. The advice, the Yeshua is right next to you. It's the mitzvah comes along, your attitude in doing it. Are you going to do the tzitzit with simcha, the tefillin with simcha? Are you going to do the davening with simcha? Tikkun akali with simcha? Yitvodidut with simcha? Are you going to do Shabbos with simcha? 
Or are you going to be just, eh, nothing's working out, and Hashem doesn't like my things anyway, so, you know, the hell with this, chas v'shalom. A person is just open with Hashem, like, in a very negative way. Or are you going to take us to this opportunity? Now, this is the way out. He says, and Rav Nosson stresses, if you manage to succeed in having this positive attitude, you will get out. Rav Zusha, Rav remember? You'll get out. No toilet. No toilet bowl. That's it. You're out of the, out of the toilet. No toilet. You can dive in now. <laughs> you can get out. This is the goal of this Torah. Rabbeinu is going to show us how far it is to show you what extent Simcha can, can bring you to, okay? So now, we're going to go back to Sif Aleph. We started Sif Aleph, okay? Now we're going to just review the opening line that we had, and we're going to just add to it. I didn't bring my copy because I had to schlep these new, I brought more copies here. I thought there was going to be like a two minyanim today or something like that. I don't know. I just brought more, more smart, okay? They're coming. All the way. The Russians are coming. Okay. Sif Aleph. Sif Aleph. And again, this lesson, remember, is Lashon Rabbeinu. That means every word is measured. Every word is, you can mechadish and me'ayin and say, why did he say like this and like that? And what does he want to say? You can do that. And Rabbeinu, like, he encourages people to learn a sefer like that. So he starts like this. And by the way, the lesson is not so long. Why do I say that? Because you'll see on the next page is a very long paragraph. And it's in square brackets. Because Rav Nosen is reviewing the entire lesson. You see, Rav Nosen says, amok meod, and you know, we have to be mivar. amok, amok In the middle of if Sibchet, right, like uh, towards the beginning of it, more, more than halfway before, Rav Nosen already puts a square bracket and he reviews the whole Torah. So it's not such a big lesson, but Rav Nosen and the Kuta Alachot, he invested so much on this lesson. He wrote three, not small, giant. Discourses in the Kutei Alachot based on this Torah, and as a rule, when Rav Nosen invests in the Kutei Alachot, it shows you there's something here. There's an address because there's many Torahs on the Kutei Moran. Some of them, there's no Rav Nosen on them. There's no Kutei Alachot on them. Some don't have a Kutei Tefilot on them, and some Rav Nosen he decides to go in because Rabbeinu told him like this. Rabbeinu said to Rav Nosen, when it comes to writing your Chidushim, you have to measure every word carefully. But when you come to talk about the concept of Emuna. And the tzaddik, you let your pen flow. They say Rav Nosen had a holy name. And, uh, sorry, sorry. They say the shach. The shach, you know, had lived a very short lifetime. And he was, he was in Tach Vetat, by the way. He was in that time period. Okay? And it was, he, had, he passed away like in his 30s or 40s, very young. So, and he knew that he had a lot to write. So he had a holy name that he would say it and the pen would write as fast as his thinking. You know, normally, you, when you write it, you have to slow down to write. You know, you're thinking an idea, and then when you write it, you go, oh, and to the store, and we, like, you're going slower. So even when writing in Chidushim, you did, you, back then, you had to dink it, dip, 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 uh, dip the, <laughs> the quill in the ink, dink, 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 right? And, then, <laughs> and it takes time. It takes time. So the Shah had a holy name, and with it, he wrote as fast as he was thinking, you know, super fast forward like that, okay? Rav Nosen said about himself, he could write, he can do that also, but he doesn't need the, the holy name to do it. And Rav Nosen, he wrote super fast, th- to the extent that Rav Nachman Tolchener, his Talmud, who's the one who printed, was the one who, who began to print the Likute Halachot, so he had to take Rav Nosen's manuscripts and from that to copy, so that the printers can read it. It wasn't legible. Rav Nosen wrote so fast, that the letters ran into each other. So Rav Nachman was already familiar with Rav Nosen's way of writing. 
and sometimes he couldn't understand what he's writing, but he understood the idea, he was able to figure it out, and had to rewrite it so that the printers can see clearly what's here in order to make the typesetting, etc., for the, for the printing back then. So Vnosin wrote, wrote very fast, okay? So this, this, this course, Vnosin wrote a lot, because yes, there's two themes that come out of this lesson a lot, is Emunah and the Tzaddik, and Rav Nosin, it's, it's, you don't see it yet, but Rav Nosin does. Rav Nosin, you see, this is something very important. There's how you learn Rabbi Nachman, Rabbeinu, Likutei Moran, and how Rav Nosin learns Likutei Moran. Now, I can approach Likutei Moran with my own eyes, but i rather to see the Likutei Moran from Rav Nosin's perspective. Why? Because Rabbeinu himself said, no one in the world understands me except for Rav Nosin. He said that clearly. It's an introduction to Chaim Moran. So if that's the case, I, w- I rather break my head trying to understand how Rav Nosin understands Rabbeinu and not how I, on my own, understand Rabbeinu. Where there's no Rav Nosin, okay, so we have the rules how to learn the Kutim Moran, the Parpar, the Chokhmah gives rules, the Biyo Likutim gives 18 rules how to learn the Likutim Moran, fine. Okay, that we have. But where Rav Nosin opens up the doors, we use Rav Nosin. We, we open up, we use him to, to explain what's going on here, B'zat Hashem. Okay, fine. So that said, let's look at this par- paragraph again. Aleph. Da sheyesh or you should know there's a light. By saying that already, so everybody likes light. Everybody has a tendency to look for light. So this already shows that there's a light. nishmatin, and it's above the nefesh ruach neshama. We went into that last week. Those are the three stages. Okay, we have to develop it a bit more. Bezat Hashem. We went into the five stages of the neshama, five levels of a neshama. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, Yechida. We have access, if we're lucky, only to three of them. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama. Chaya, Yechida are way above us. They'll only be revealed fully to us when Mashiach comes. Basically, the Chaya and Yechida are connected to Hashem directly. They're, they're called Atzilut already. Chaya and Yechida are two expressions of Atzilut. And Atzilut is called the infinite light because of that. Atzilut is a high level. We didn't go to Atzilut yet. But this level called Atzilut is Or Ein Sof. Okay? I heard Rav Nosin Maim and he spoke beautifully. Or, Aleph Vavresh, in itself is Gematria Ein Sof. If you take Aleph Vavresh, it's 207. And you take Ein Sof, it's also 207. Isn't that amazing? So light, what's really light in this world, it's Ein Sof. It's the infinite light. Okay? What, do I, what does it do with me? The tendency of a human being is always to try to grasp this light. This is expressed even by the going, and that people are depressed or sad or look for other things to interest them and to, to uplift them and to enthusiasm them or to heat them up and hype them up because the nature of human being is always to look for the infinite light. This is expressed in when you when you need hitchhachut, okay? What's news? Busna is right? What's why why are people after the news? Why are people crazy know what's happening? Because in the news it's it's a new renewal, it's a new thing. And the, the tendency of a person is always to look for something new. A person shalom, who is just in a regular square, like a, he lives in a forest and he's all alone, we know there's something wrong with the person. Like he's he's nuts. If a person chooses I'm talking about going. I'm talking about Yidin now. Yidin, for them to be in a forest, a breast liver is like Gan because they're, they can constantly connect to Ain Sof and, and, and there's always what to do. But you know, going who go live in a hick town and they want to be isolated and alone and not, nothing, no meaning in life, you know, it's very boring and causes people to leave. Also, now by Yidin, if a Jew doesn't have inspiration from his learning Torah, he'll look elsewhere. 
if now Gemara is made to be a hard, difficult thing and a challenge, and you have those super brains in the class who can grasp it and they have Givaldic Ta'anuk by learning a Tosfot and a Rosh and a Rashban and a Rif and that, and for them it's Ganedin, so they're getting a light from the learning. But the guys have difficulty understanding what's going on, doesn't connect in everything. If you don't, if he's not able to shine there and you offer nothing else, he's going to look elsewhere. Elsewhere meaning he's going to look to make money, look to go another avenue to get his light. But the nature of all human beings is they need light. They need light. If I'm not getting it from the Kedusha, Chasesha person will say, I'll get it from the Tumah then. Why do people go to the Tumah? Why do people go to lust and Tivis and Znut and drinking and money and everything? Because they're not getting light from the Torah. Who's at fault? We can say the Mechan Chemar at fault because all you guys know to teach is Gemara and that's it. Because the Torah is vast. There's Chumash, Tanakh, Mishnah, Gemara, Shulchan Aruch, Midrash, Zor, Ein Yaakov, Chasidut. There's so much out there. But they say, no, no, you have to be like a horse with a put on blinkers here, only look here. And he says, but it's not working. No, no, we have to hit you until you, until you, until you, you get here. And it doesn't work. So the guy, he just takes it off. Goodbye. That's all you guys gave me. You told me that's all we have. And it doesn't connect to me. So I'm going to look elsewhere. Baruch Hashem Rabbeinu and other tzaddikim teach us you have to learn everything. We have to have time to learn Midrash and Zohar and Chasidut and Adit Chaskut and Ein Yaakov and Agadetas. Other people say, oh, that's Bittal Torah, you're wasting your time. You have to break your head. You, Mr. Genius, you spend your time breaking your head, that's for you. Yes, Mr. Superstar Gaon, writing Chidushim every two months and you put out a new book every three months, Kol HaKavod Lecha, you continue like that, that's your superstar. But me, simple picture me, you know, I need something that gives me light. Yeah, but this is light. For you, it's light. But I need something else. I need maybe Agadetas. I need Mamloez. I need something to give me feeling in my Yiddishkeit, to give me some connection to God. And if it's not, it's not coming to the Gemara, but you probably it is. I say that you're a good davener also, bravo. The guy, he's right, Chidushim, right? He's a good davener. He's not like a no one. He's able to connect, whatever. That's not my avenue. I need another avenue. And the Torah is vast, right? So, or, going back, people need light. That's, the, that's how Hashem designed Humanity and the Yidin. We need Hitchachut every day. Every day you need Hitchachut. You don't get it. The day you feel negative and down, and you look elsewhere. Chasashalom. So I need light. So he's telling us, Rabbeinu, there's a light. And this light, and only this is light, by saying, Sheyesh Ol, he's also making us feel and understand that this exclusively is the light. Everything outside of this is Choshech. This is light. Okay? I'm going to explain this a little now. You have these five levels of the Neshama. They correspond to what the Kabbalah calls to Olamot, worlds. What worlds? There's one world, okay? There's one world with five dimensions. The five dimensions are, starting from the top, it, this is weird terms, okay? We're not going to go into them so much. The first one is called Adam Kadmon. That's number one. Number two is called Atzilut. Three is Bria, Yetzira, Asiya. These five dimensions of this world correspond to the five levels of the Nisham of a Jew. So the Jew is directly connected to the world through the five dimensions. What are these five dimensions? These five dimensions are levels of filtering down the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu until it comes to this last world of Asiya. The last world is called Asiya, where it's totally concealed. Everything is concealed. So Rai Kaplan gives a nice example. How, what is the concealment? So you, you take a, a, we'll work with the English language because it works better in English. Because we have letters which are vowels. In Hebrew we don't have 
vowels, which are letters, the pintalich under the words. So you see it better with, uh, with English, okay? You take a four-lettered word that makes sense. Same. S-A-N-E. I can read the word, and I can understand what it means. Sane. Sanity. Someone who's sane, okay? I can read the word. I can see the word. I see the letters that make up the word, the S and the A and the N and the E. And they're spelt in an in a, in a order that I can read it, and it's readable, and it's understandable. That's like the light of Hashem at, like, let's say, the beginning world of Atzilut, okay? This same four letters, when it goes down to the next world, Bria, the letters become mixed up. The letters are still there. I still have technically saying S-A-N-E, but now I switch it to another word, which is still readable, but it's not the original meaning. I can make now uh, Nis, N-Nis, or uh, <laughs> N-E, A-S now from Sane. I did any Sean, okay? That's a, good, that's a better example, Sean. I can make Sean now from Sane. So now I can read the word, it's readable, but it means something else. I want to get to Sane though, I want Sane. Sane is in the Sean, but it's not the same meaning. Because Bria is a dimension of the world which has filtered it, concealed it even more. It's more filtered that I can't see it. It's there, but I have to work hard to decipher it now, okay? The next level, let's say we go down to Yetzirah, is now the word is half readable. So let's say now we have vowels and syllables, right? So let's say, let's say we do uh, snae, okay? S-N-A-E. There's no such word, snae. But I can read it, I can pronounce it, but I have no tangibility. Sean, at least, is like a name of a guy. Sean Ferguson. You know the joke, by the way? There's a joke that they, they found a Yid in Williamsburg, and his name was Sean Ferguson. A Yid, you know, who spoke Yiddish, like from the Hasidish Welt, and they couldn't figure out, how does a Jew have such an Irish name, Sean Ferguson? Sean Ferguson is a real Goyish, Goyish Irish name, right? And they have a Yid in Williamsburg, his name is Sean Ferguson. So they asked him, why is it written on your, you know, on your ID papers, on your passport, Sean Ferguson? He said, well, when I got off the boat, you know, in Ellis Island, they asked you, what's my name? I have no idea what he's asking. I said, Sean Ferguson. Sean Ferguson? They said, oh, Sean Ferguson, okay. Sean Ferguson? Okay, so Sean, that's Sean. Our Sean, our buddy Sean, okay? Sean Ferguson. All right, fine. So now, in, in, in Yetzirah, I can still read the word, but it doesn't even make sense anymore. Snay, okay? Asiya, I can't even read the word now, okay? Like you do, S-N, S-N, right? You put like, E-S-N. You write it so backwards, I can't even read the word anymore. But the letters are still there. The S-A-N-E, making up the word saying, is still there, but it's so undecipherable. So this is an idea of dimensions. Okay? Hashem is here. The Gemara says you have 10,000 angels to your right side under the Gemara Brachot, right? You have angels around you and demons. You don't see anything. I don't see anything. That means it's not there here. No. You don't see anything because you're blind. You don't see what's really out there. If you were to see, oh, you can see. Like Rabbeinu said about, uh, about when he went, to, went out to the forest to do it, what he did with his chasidim. If only you can see, he told his Talmudim, how the grasses, each one is singing, uh, each blade of grass is singing to Hashem. He sees it, we don't see it, what's going on? But it's really out there. 
he's seeing and explaining to us it's out it's, you, you can see the angels you see the, they had a whole discussion with, the, with Mordechai of Neshchitz and with Tzvi Arya of Alek these are big Hasidic Rebbe's Rebbeinu had a big dispute how to see the angel Metat <laughs> they're talking about how to see the angel Metat we, we, what angels? We don't see anything. They're having machoki. He looks like this. And this is how you see metad, not like this and not like that. It's in Chaim Moran. This whole discussion between Rabbeinu and Rav Mordechai Neshkes. Right before he passed away, he got to see him. Baltanya, maybe also, but I just know what's in Chaim Moran. He said, Rav Nosen, at the time there was a big dispute amongst all the tzaddikim how to see the angel metad. They were arguing, and we, we, we don't even see what's in front of us. You know, five, five meters, five, five, five centimeters in front of us, they're telling us to see the angel metad, what's out there. So it's there. You don't see it. How come you don't see it? Because they're living on a different dimension. They're in the same world as you, but they're now connected to Atzilu, they're connected to Bria. They're really seeing what's really out there, okay? <laughs> Our job now is to utilize what we have access to and to build up perfection in each dimension. So that's what a mitzvah is. We said in a mitzvah has machshava, dibur, maaseh. The action of a mitzvah fixes the world asiyah. It fixes the world asiyah that you're in. The dibur, the baruch Hashem, fixes the yetzira, okay? And the bria is fixed by the thought. Because each, each term here corresponds to that, that idea. Bria means I want to create, right? Creation. <coughs> bria. Bria. It's a bria, it's a creature. So I want to create a mitzvah, I want to create an activity. So when I think I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm actually creating it. I'm not forming it. Yetzira, the shape of what I thought, it comes in the form out of the speech. The bracha I'm saying shapes the mitzvah that I'm about to take. That's the bracha I'm, 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 I'm saying on it, okay? And the asiyah is the actual doing, okay? We said, if you remember, in the analogy last week of the, of the glass blower, right? We have here also the bria, yetzira, and asiyah. The bria is the neshama. The neshama is located in the brain. That's the base of the nishmat shaddai tevinem. It's a pasuk, I think, in Eov or Mishnei. The nishmat shaddai tevinem, the neshama is in the brain. So the thinking of the neshama is what creates, believe it or not. That's your start of the creation. Okay, the blessing you say <coughs> is in is in Yetzira, and that's the neshama, because neshama is movement. Sorry, 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 ruach. I'm sorry, ruach, ruach. Okay, neshama is the first stage. Ruach is the movement. We said like in the glass blower analogy last week, it's the actual movement of wind. Okay, so a yotzer, a shaper, there's movement. I'm building it up now. Okay, I'm shaping the clay. I'm making. That's the ruach, which is movement. Okay, that's the bracha. Hevel pe. I let out the bracha of my mouth. And then Asiyah is the actual mitzvah. I did it. I did it. You know, I did it. I remember Rav Nosen Maimon, he told me, on his first trip to Uman, he was like a teenager. And he came back to Rav Rosenfeld, his Rav in uh, New York. And he asked him, did you say the Tikkun HaKlali? And he said, yeah, we said it twice. Said, no, no, did you say it? I want to hear from you. Did you say it? Not get excited. We said it twice and three times. Did you say it? Yes or no? He said, yes. Ah, you did it. You did it, and he was celebrating, and uh, to go to the Chaim, I think, I don't know what he did, but he made, it, he made a big essay to, 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 to clarify, you did it, you did the mitzvah. That's the thing, an asiyah is mamash, you made it through. I actually succeeded in this physical, dark, tamedika world to do a mitzvah in this world. I did something. This doing, this asiyah, elevates the whole world, B'zat Hashem. At least your, your, your world in this world, your, you, your, your activity and your presence in this world, Asiya, the mitzvah you do now takes the the S-N-E-A-A-E, whatever, and begins to connect it to the world above it. 
and then from that world, Yitzira connected to Bria. And if you're Zohar from Bria, Ta'atzilu becomes sane. I can read the letters now. I can see clarity, okay? We could also see the Mutat. <laughs> Maybe. All this we're going to see coming up, it starts with one factor, your Simcha. Your Simcha attitude in doing the mitzvot will shake all the worlds from Yitzasiyah, Yitzira, Birya, Ta'atzilu to this Adam Kadmon. Adam Kadmon and Atzilut are re- 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 respectively or and sof. They're together. We said or and sof is or and sof. And sof is a term together. It's not like ain and then sof. It's and sof. So or is this fifth world, this fifth dimension called Adam, Adam Kadmon, which corresponds to the Yechida. Yechida means this singular essence within me, my Pintelayid, which is basically Akadosh Baruch Hu himself. It's scary. You have inside of you. Elokut. This Elokut is God Himself inside you. That's the Pintalaya, that's called the Yechida, this high, high point. Okay, that's Or. And Ein Sof is the Atzilu, the second part. These two, we have no connection. But in this lesson, Rabbeinu says, the tendency of a human being is to want to connect to that light, no matter what. That's true light, okay? You ever in a concert where they're singing a song that you love? Okay, let's take a firm example. Going to Meron like Bomer. And you wait all year around to hear. I mean, a normal like Bomer, not this year's like Bomer, but a normal like Bomer, where in Toldo Sauron they start singing, your hair starts jumping, and you see uh, thousands of people jumping up, and you feel like you're in a different world, right? It's a light. This light is a high. It's a high. The word for a high is basically light. That's the ten- people yearn for that. I remember standing next, my wife was standing next to people in Meron like Bomer, and a woman was telling about her husband. Waits all year round just for this. He comes to Eretz Yisrael just for Meron like Bomer, just for those that slot of an hour to hear the Nigunim. That makes his whole, that's for him the biggest light of the year. The Kodesh Kodashim and the hair standing is to feel that experience of the Simdas light, okay? So this is a tendency of people, not just once a year, but every day you look to have light, okay? So going back, Da Shesh There's a light which is above the Nefesh. Ruach and Neshama. Look at the term. Nafshin, Ruachin, Nishmatin. Rabbeinu could have said Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama. Why does he use the term from like uh, Aramaic? Why does he say Nafshin, Ruachin, Nishmatin? He's quoting from a Zohar he's going to be bringing up later on in Sif Chet. Sif Chet, he's going to bring the whole phrase from the Zohar, Parashat Noach. Rabbeinu now is borrowing terms. He does that in Likutei Moram. So you know what he's referring to. When he said Nafshin, Ruachin, Nishmatin, Sif Alef, and then you get to see Chet where he brings the whole Zohar from Parshat Noach, so you know where he got the term from. And he's using it because that's in, in that context of the Zohar that he uses that term. So, Nafshin, Ruchi, Nishmatin. There's a light which is above. And we said last week, but there's again, Nefesh, Ruchi, Nishma, Chaya, Yechida. Chaya, Yechida is that light. Vehu, Or, and Sof. This is the Or, and Sof, which is embodied again in the, in the Chaya, Yechida, in the worlds, the dimensions. That's what's called Adam Kadmon in Atzilut. That's that. Vafalpi, this we didn't get into yet. Vafalpi she'ena sechel masigoto. Now, even though the intellect of human being cannot grasp it, because the sechel, what's, the, what's in the sechel? The neshama. You have gag, maximum, up to the neshama. And your, your neshama is reflected in your capacity to create, bria. And that creation is in your thoughts. And in that, to get to this light, it's beyond that. It's beyond your skull. It's beyond your brain. It's beyond your intellect. So he's saying, Even though the human intellect cannot grasp this light, 
Okay? He says, Nevertheless, this is the way Hashem designed the human being. Redifa, again, he's quoting from that Zohar coming up. The, the wording here is from the Zohar in Parshat Noach. Redifa de machashava lemirdaf abatre. It's the way of the mind, the machshava, the thoughts, to run after this light. That's what he said. The human nature, the human way is to look for this light which is beyond. There's a light beyond this world, this physical world that I see. There's this light which is the light of Atzilut, Adam Kadmon, the, the Chaya Echida, which is really giving all the nourishment to this world. All the Chayut in this world comes from that high level, by the way. Everything that's light of true light in this world, it's definitely rooted in this light of the Orient Sof over there. So every, every, we're all connected there. It's not like, okay, we're in a different world, that has nothing to do with me. No, everything good happening to me is directly resulted from that high world, that high Orient Sof. And he's saying it's the way of the thoughts, the mind, to run after it. You're always looking for inspiration. What you're looking for in your, in your level, what you're looking for a chizuk and a push to continue and everything, that is the expression of the thought running after this light. It's the way of a human being to look for this light. And if it doesn't get it, there's going to be dissatisfaction in life. There's going to be lack of enthusiasm, lack of interest in doing what a person's doing every day if he doesn't have this light. And he says now, Rabbeinu, to get it, all that's needed is just to run after it. You're not going to get it. So then if I'm not going to get it, why should I waste my time? No. You get it by running. We're going to go into this whole amazing concept. And just through the person, the subconscious of the person, the thoughts, the mind, trying to run after, get to get this way of thinking, this thought, this, this level of the Orient Self, sorry. explain, he's now, again, using terms from this Zohar Parashat Noach, which is later on in paragraph 8. But just from the Redifa, the intellect grasps this infinite light, this light of the infinite or in self, in the aspect of reaching and not reaching. We have also Rav Nossin in the brackets. He's going to explain the whole idea of Metei La Metei. We're not going to explain it now. Just in short, it's you're in, but you're not really in. You're in and out. Metei La you're touching and not touching. You've grasped it, but you really haven't grasped it. Two opposites in one. How do you explain that? You can't explain it. But it's touching, but not touching. You're in and you're out at the same time. And that's how you grasp it. Because he says, it's very deep, okay? We'll leave it to Sif Chet. We'll leave it to the end because that's where Rabbeinu is going to begin to open up Metei Vela Metei and Rav Nosson also to open up Metei Vela Metei. Ki be'emet, because the truth is, you cannot, a person cannot grasp the Or Sof. It's, it's two opposites. What does Or Sof mean on a simple level? Infinite light. If you connect infinite light, you disappear automatically. Infinite, it's a light, infinite light, and a little me touching the infinite light, I become one with the infinite light and I disappear. So I can't reach it. And yet you can reach it. Because <laughs> the real truth is you can reach it. All you have access to is nefesh ruach neshama. Your chaya yechida are one with the infinite light. Your pintalayid is connected to the infinite light. If you try to just re, to be nullified to your pintalayid, you'll disappear. You have those states of meditation these people try to go into, right? <sighs> Whatever, they go into meditation, they try to connect to their inner, inner spark. They have it in the, by the going, they have it, okay? But by Yid, if he were to do that, he would disappear. If he tries to connect fully to his Pintele Yid, fully, so he will just 
that's it. He's nechal in self. He's finished. He's leaving this world, right? That story of how the Rav Michal of Zlotchev passed away. He passed away with a nigun. You know the nigun. It's a Zlotchev and Brestov. They sing this nigun a lot. Rav Michal Zlotchev. Huh? Who? He what? Yeah, he also he, passed he over Nigun. He do his bonus for ten minutes a day, and during those ten minutes, he, he had someone who would uh, who would watch over him. So and shouldn't die. Ten minutes, he would wake him up. So, but Michal Zlotchev. And he passed away. Ten minutes passing, he passed away. The exact same story with Michal Zlotchev. That's how Michal Zlotchev passed away. He had a shomer on him when he would sing this Nigun. He would go into such a state of dvekis. There had to be a shomer if you see that he's passing away to, to wake him up, right? And once he got so carried away with the Nigun, the, the shamish. That he forgot to wake him up, and Rav Michal passed away. Zotzer passed away. That's why he passed away. And Rabbeinu also, when he was in, um, no, in Brody or Levov in Lemberg, when he was in Lemberg, so he got in a state of dvekut, and it was like Shabbos already mincha sedash lishit at the end, okay, and he was in such a dvekut, and the lights were off, and it was a young boy he saw that Rabbeinu his skin was turning like pale, like he was going to die, to expire, so it was already Motzi Shabbos. He lit a match in order to bring a fire and he said that, that brought him out because of, of the trance. If, if he wouldn't have done that, this boy, he would have also left this world. It's brought down in Chaim Moran, I think, or Sichot This is the idea that we have access to Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. What's expected of us is to work with the Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. What's funny is, by the Ben Yishchai, in his Lashem Yechuds, the Lashem Yechuds, the prayers of the Ben Yishchai before doing a mitzvah, he always brings in Nefesh Ruach Chaya Yechida. He goes to Chaya Yechida. The other Lashem Yechud, the maximum they go to Nefesh Ruach Neshama. Okay, well, whatever. Uh, you, you know these things better than me. I don't know these things. I don't know these things. It could be Chaya Yechida of that world. But we'll go into that also eventually, Bezat Hashem. But he's saying here, basically, there's this light, and it can be attainable, but just by you doing the part of running after it, but you'll reach it in a stage called Mate Vela Mate. And that's how we get to this light. And this light is necessary to give you Chayut and Hitchachut. You see these old Yidin from like Poland or Ukraine, even from Morocco, they were so Pashut and, and getting up to davening on time every day and saying the same davening every day for 70, 80 years. And they were with Hitchachut. What's Ganas? We try to do that. We after four days we take off already. Goodbye, shalom. I can't do that. What's the inyan? They with their emuna pshuta, we can say, their tamimut. They were able to feel such a light in their everyday same devotions that it brought them chayut that they were able to feel it on a daily basis. Even they were they were the biggest geonim. They were the biggest like mechachim uh, and Torah and everything. Us because the exposure to what we have of. Western culture, North American or Western culture and everything, we need a bigger boost of light to keep us in. Okay? And if not chas shalom, the avenues to look elsewhere are there. So because of that, there's more of a necessity today to go deep into the Torah. Kabbalah is in a way too deep because we don't have the kalim to receive it. However, Kabbalah in the format of Hasidut is the best kli. Hasidut is a kli to reach the levels of the Kabbalah without getting burnt, without getting, uh, what's it called, too overwhelmed, and without getting misguided. That's the beauty of Hasidut, learning Kabbalah from the framework, from the, pres- the prescription of the Hasidut. It gives the Kalim to properly understand the terms of Kabbalah on a practical level, in a level that you can use it, and it gives you Gishmak, and it gives you 
It gives you satisfaction in your avodat Hashem bezat Hashem. So here we started this homework. If you want to take a look on this, how Rav Nosson explains in Likutei Tefilot, you can take a look in the prayer on this on this on this uh, paragraph. So we'll stop here and we'll continue. Hopefully, uh, we'll get into new one. Kavdalit, yeah, bezat Hashem. All right, fine and nice.